Dennis, last week, ginger was very mm. much the topic. Oh, so, such a good herb it is. But it's not the only one in of its type. Uh, it belongs to a group of herbs which are pungent. That's, that's right, Jane. It's just a, a member of a great team of remedies, all of uh, which share the characteristic of being pungent to the taste. We'll talk about them this morning and look at some of their characteristics. And the way they can be good for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. <laughs> Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. We'll be talking about pungent herbs today, mm. but uh, we're going to talk to Val, first of all, from Dora Creek. Uh, Val, it's all about coming off chemo and being very tired, yes? It's a friend of mine. He's 86. Mm. And he's just come off radiation and chemo. Yes. And he's... Very tired, yes. and I was just wondering if there's some supplement I can give him to yes. uh, try and boost him up a little bit. Well, I think there is, Val. Um, always, however, with uh, a gentleman at 86 years of age, one needs to uh, run past his medical managers uh, anything additional to what he might be taking. That's standard recommendation, as you would know from the comments oh, that yes, I make. Yes. But yeah, that's having, right. mm. having said that, I could think of nothing better, nothing better in my opinion, than to go to your local pharmacist or herbalist down there and pick up the preparation that I had the privilege of bringing into Australia probably 25, 30 years ago, known mm-hmm. as Astragalus 8. That's the, name, oh. that's the name of the formulation. It's in pharmacies and in some of the health food stores. Um, in my opinion, there is nothing that I have worked with in the many oh, years right. that I have been in practice that has demonstrated right. such ability to address the fatigue associated not only with uh, chemo but also with other serious assaults on the body's immune system. The various, yes, various, right. yeah, well, his immune yeah, system would ver- be down a bit. Mm. Various viruses. So, and, uh, yeah, look, I, I would be confident that um, if he went on to that, he would progressively feel a lift. One can't, of course, guarantee, but... The, the preparation has demonstrated great benefit, great benefit, and uh, as I say, it's one of the great discoveries and introductions of herbal medicine oh, that right. I've made. Mm. So how would you spell that? Oh, just, just go to your pharmacy. They all know Astra, A-S-T-R-A, Astra, yes. Astra yep. 8. Astra 8. Yeah, it's, it's a formulation right. based on the uh, Asian remedy, Astragalus membranaceus, Together, oh, right, yeah. together mm. with seven similar herbs, hence its name, Astragalus 8 or Astra, Astra 8 or the Astragalus 8 formulation. Um, but it is in pharmacies in a package form and your pharmacist, I'm sure, would stock it. And let's hope he gets lots of benefit uh, of course, from that. Of course, of and course. Michelle has rung in from Clarence Town. Now, uh, kidney stones are on your mind, I should say. Michelle? Yes, yes. Um, I was just wondering um, why do we get them and if there's anything um, we can use to help them. You get kidney stones, do you, Michelle? Uh, it's my husband, but, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he's had one and they said there's another two there. Okay. Look, kidney stones can be based on uh, calcium and also uric acid. Um, so has he been a sufferer of gout through his life? Uh, yeah, a long time ago he did get um, some gout, but not recently. Is, do you know if your husband is on um, uh, medication to prevent 
gout no, attacks. No, he's not. He doesn't take anything. Well, he should have a word with his general practitioner because if there is a uric acid background, it could be that the kidney stones are related to that and it might be useful for him to be put on preventative medication, which has got a good reputation. Outside of that, outside of that, however, probably the best preparation uh, that he could use with a great uh, reputation, and you can Google it and get the information on it, is a herb called Java kidney tea. What was that, sorry? Java kidney tea. J-A-V-A kidney tea. It's, yeah. it's botanically known as orthosiphon stamineus, and it is easily the most popular herb used in Southeast Asia for addressing many aspects of kidney distress. And uh, it's, considered, it's considered to be uh, somewhat of a preventative, and also it's useful where there are uh, calculi, if you like, in facilitating the passage of some of the smaller calculi. But overall, overall, it would be a very, very useful remedy which can, uh, in some of the ethnic shops, can be procured as a tea and in some practitioner premises it could be prescribed as a liquid extract. But Java kidney tea is what I would think of. Outside of that, outside of that, uh, there are a number of other uh, uh, herbs that are useful. Um, there's a herb that uh, is known as gravel root. Just, uh, just write that down, gravel root. It is uh, an old favourite of herbalists trained in the Western tradition. And uh, I have prescribed it very, very frequently over the years, uh, both as a preventative agent, as an agent also to help resolve the presence of the kidney stones. Gravel root, an American herb, the favourite of herbalists trained in the Western tradition. So there, there are two remedies uh, which you can indeed research yourself on the net. Uh, both of which. Okay. Look, cranberry is useful for where there is uh, infection, uh, but with the actual uh, resolution of kidney stones, I would question it. Cranberry works by virtue of having a chemical constituent in it which deposits itself on the lining of the urethra and the bladder to resist infection. But as far as I'm aware, um, it's not an, uh, not a herb that's recommended, uh, as far as I know, for actually alleviating kidney stones. It tends to alleviate recurrent infection. Yeah, okay then. So it's gravel root and kava kidney beans. Is that right? Java, Java kidney tea. Almost the same, but uh, just a little bit different. Java kidney tea. Somewhat different. To NURFM's Health Naturally, Peter has rung in from Mark's Point. Hello, Peter. And you want to talk to Dennis about diverticulosis. Yeah, thanks very much, Uh, Dennis. How are you going? I'm very well, Peter. You you Uh, have problems with diverticulosis, do you? Yeah, look, I was diagnosed a couple of years ago. Yes. It hasn't really given much problem, Good. but the last week I've had fairly severe pain with it. Yes. I'm just wondering what I might be able to use for that. Okay. Look, if you are getting pain, that indicates that there's likely some infection there, and then your diverticulosis becomes diverticulitis. In a, situ- yeah. in a situation like that, you must um, get some medical advice and attention uh, because uh, infection it could mean something going on there that needs to be resolved pretty quickly. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen your GP about it at all, Shane? No, look, I haven't bothered at this stage. Okay, well, look, I would suggest that because pain um, is usually associated with inflammation. Inf- yeah. Inflammation can be associated with infection, as you know. With, di- mm. with diverticulosis, which many of us have, by the way, uh, which is essentially a condition of pockets in the bowel, if we want to be rather simplistic in our language, uh, yeah. it's, it seems to be a problem that in the Western world um, is endemic to the Western world. There are various theories as to why this might be so. Um, two American, whether I think they were British uh, doctors years ago, presented the, the hypothesis that it had a lot to do with the, the lack of fibre in the Western diet, uh, and that led somewhat to a greater emphasis on encouraging a, a fibrous diet. Um, yeah. So you're probably doing that with preparations such as metamucil and uh, slippery elm and things like that. If you're not, yeah. if you're not, you certainly should be because that is one of the best ways of lessening uh, the likelihood of infection. Uh, make sure the fibre content, uh, and it's got to be soluble fibre, uh, that you're taking uh, enough of that uh, to make sure that the acuteness of the uh, pockets in the bowel is, is, is lessened considerably. If you're not doing that, in my opinion, you should start to do that. Take a definite supplement every day that will guarantee a fibrous content of the diet to lessen the acuteness of the pockets. Um, if, uh, and I'm talking here about things now that, that should be looked at preventatively, as far as uh, preventative activity is concerned here uh, I have recommended for very many years that one should work uh, with two herbs that have a natural uh, how can I call it antibiotic effect within the gut and particularly the large bowel uh, for instance pearls of capsule uh, pearls of uh, garlic we talk about garlic pearls yeah. uh, they, they are preparations readily available which contain usually the essential oil of garlic and garlic has uh, a useful antimicrobial effect all the way through the gastrointestinal tract then is useful as a cheap uh, daily supplement to work against easy uh, infection in the large bowel. Golden seal uh, is more a herb that is used uh, to head off uh, an incipient infection. It is a very powerful uh, remedy with a, a very significant chemical constituent in it, which is considered to be a broad-spectrum antibiotic. Having said that, um, with the pain already there, you must get medical attention. The other thing is, and your doctor's probably told you this, there's a very good uh, body of literature um, now that that talks about using uh, useful um, supplements that encourage, if you like, um, the, the healthy bacteria to thrive in your large bowel, and that can uh, be supplements such as acidophilus, um, even a good quality yogurt taken regularly can help colonise the bowel with what we call good bacteria in inverted commas. Um, probiotics is a, a trendier way of referring to this, and there are numerous trend, uh, uh, probiotic preparations in the marketplace. Uh, they are useful to be, take on, be taken ongoingly to help create uh, an antagonistic environment in the large bowel to other pathologies. So take those things on board, uh, the need to look at what you're doing with your diet and regularly on a daily basis ensure you're taking a reliable, well-known 
soluble fibre. Um, also, uh, make sure that you're uh, using significant and sensible supplements, something as simple uh, as a garlic capsule ongoingly with, say, some golden seal used here and there, and the use of probiotics as a means of uh, creating that useful uh, bacterial environment. Thanks, Dennis. Look, I, um, I do have a very good diet, and I do um, uh, three pieces of food a day and lots of yes. veggies, and occasionally I do take metamucil. That's great. Um, but I looked up Dr. Google, and it yes. said uh, for diverticulitis that you should have a low-fibre diet. Uh, well, <laughs> I, would, uh, I think what I'd be saying is, certainly my experience, based on my reading, is that there are various forms of fibre, and soluble fibre is a gentle fibre which absorbs uh, fluid uh, within the gut and creates uh, healthier gut characteristics, better characteristics of the stool, easier transit time. Um, I would support that view. Uh, I can't see from my reading and understanding how a low-fibre diet uh, can achieve the benefits that I've spoken about this morning. All right. Okay. I appreciate your comments. Thank you, Shane. Uh, that's Peter, and thank you, Peter, for your comments. But we are going to Shane now. He's in Salamander Bay, and your question's about neuropathy, Shane. Certainly is. What would you like to know? Well, I've just I've had this problem, and it seems to be getting worse and worse. Um, I've been to the GP about it. He's he's suggesting some medications, which are for antidepressants and some very strong pain medication. Um, I don't particularly like taking those medications. Um, I know the problem is a, a disc problem in the lower back, um, but there's only surgery and I don't want to go there. So I just need to know, is there any other alternative that I can use? Shane, um, I don't want to sound dismal, but if, <laughs> if, if, if you have sustained that level of medical expertise, you've been offered very good medical treatment and very good medical advice and very yeah. good medical prescribing. I'm aware, yeah. I'm aware of the medication that you would have been prescribed and, yeah. and, and many people would be on that and experience a, a bit of a downside to it. But sometimes yeah. you have to weigh up uh, the benefits of taking it as, a, as against the disadvantages of taking it. Um, yeah. The only thing that I would say is there might be some virtue, let me say some virtue, and looking at some topical management, um, mm. there's certainly nothing that I could recommend from our system of medicine that yeah. can, can resolve this problem. But um, topical preparations have the effect of being sometimes useful in short-circuiting the, um, the, the neurological factors that are associated with this pain. And if, yeah. you, if you were to, for instance, try something based on uh, capsicum, Yep. and arnica. Yep. Those two herbs have a good reputation and a good uh, literature base to, to, to justify their role in sedating uh, neuropathic pain um, and I'd suggest you Google it. Um, for instance, neuropathic pain um, is, is sometimes seen as similar to the pain associated with, say, oh, some of the side effects of um, of the herpes, herpes oster, shingles, yeah, uh, with yeah, the yeah. neurological pain associated with that. That is managed uh, or can be managed 
by using preparations based on what I have said. And even, yeah. the, even the pharmacist would stock uh, preparations well known under various brand names that would incorporate uh, either capsicum or arnica or both of them together. I would use that and apply it to the area where you know the pain is being generated from to yeah, see if that yeah. can actually short circuit the generation of the pain and indirectly therefore give you a bit of relief. Worthwhile trying, it's over-the-counter stuff, uh, yeah. pretty good documentation and your pharmacist will be able to help you and, and guide you with it. Yeah, see the pain being in the lower back accumulates hot tingling yes. feet, you yes. know, yes. terrible, yes. terrible. Of, of, and of that gets worse at night. So I'm yeah. having difficulty sleeping now because yeah. it's getting to that stage. Yeah. Um, but as I said, the alternative is quite heavy medication, yes. which um, is, I, you know, as a young man, I don't particularly want to go on it. Oh, look, I understand. And that's why I'm suggesting that the, yeah. outside of it, try something like this because if you can subdue the genesis of the pain, that may reflect itself in, in some reduction in symptoms remote from where the pain is generated from. Health Naturally today, Marilyn has rung in from Chisholm uh, and your grandson has been recently, recently diagnosed, Marilyn, with uh, gallstones and pancreatitis. Yes, uh, that's correct. He's actually hospitalised for four days yes. and he was in a great deal of pain yes. and he's only 15. Yes. Do you have anything you can suggest for him? Look, at 15 years of age, obviously he'd be under uh, pretty, uh, pretty competent medical management. Um, with his gallstones, has he sustained the, the, the keyhole surgery yet or is that being looked at down the track? Yes. And they would have done him that night yes. and taken his gallbladder out, yes. except for the pancreatitis. They had to section under control. Yeah. So um, they've uh, they've said that they want to uh, look at him in a few days. Yes, good. I beg your pardon, a few weeks. Yes. And then make a decision. But is there any alternative to having your gallbladder removed at 15? Uh, if his gallbladder is as complicated as this, you must be governed. Uh, by the medical um, opinion, um, the gall the gallbladder is not a necessary part of the body. My my wife has had hers uh, removed some time ago, and as far as I'm aware, she's uh, still alive and has not sustained any major problems. So I would uh, I would have no hesitation in saying that uh, be guided by what the medical managers are saying. Uh, the gallbladder, if it's the cause of the problem, in my opinion, needs to be taken out. That's your starting base. Okay. He also had very high levels of iron in his blood okay. and uh, his mother's brother, um, my, my other, uh, my brother, yes. um, had a, um, has a, um, a history of hemochromatosis yes. and they're actually going to even do run blood, well, they have run blood tests for him to be checked for that as well. That's understandable and that's, uh, that's look, he's getting very, very good medical management. There's nothing that, in my opinion, um, you'd need to be too concerned about there. He's being, okay. well, he's being very well managed, Meryl, and, uh, and look, you know me well enough to know that I support both systems of medicine. And, yes, uh, I do know uh, this, and, and I, I do too. Yeah, of course you do. And if there were any uh, alternatives, I would certainly make a recommendation. But in this case, he's in the right ballpark. He's being looked after, and there's no better place to be looked after than Newcastle. We've got great facilities.
we do. Uh, yes. Well, thank you for your time, Good Dennis. Good on you, Marilyn. Put my mind at rest okay. a little, okay? okay? Thanks, Marilyn. And thanks for your call, Marilyn. Um, Margaret is on the line now, Dennis, from Singleton, and it's all about eczema, yes? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Hello, Margaret. Hi, Dennis. Hello. Hello. I listen to you every week and you're just Dude. so interesting well, thank and good. Thank yeah. you. You, sh- you should be seeing me up there occasionally. I'll pop in tobaccos and get, uh, some, health- <laughs> get some health food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they yeah. make good burgers at that place at Singleton. They there do, you they do. So, yeah. so you've developed um, some uh, nasty eczema. You've had it before or this is the no, first time? No, no, just... Um, I'm 72. Yeah, the only baby. I'm a big fan of you. <laughs> and it's just been the last um, 12 months, yes. a bit over 12 months, yes. and I've been to a dermatologist yes. and they did a biopsy yes. and it came back. Um, he put me on steroids yes. for quite a while. Yes. And, um, but what's happening, and just some cream, but yeah. I'm off the steroids. I've yeah. been off them for quite a, like, quite a while now, but um, I'm having more flare-ups oh, and yeah. it's, oh, it's spreading more over my body and like the itch is just phenomenal of the night some yeah, nights are just you know yeah, i know i've been there i've been there i know all about i know all about eczema believe you me uh, yeah, uh, it is spreading more yeah, and okay. um yeah I, okay let me let me ask you a few few questions are you using an antihistamine at night um no i'm not no well I'm not, Dennis, because I was, like I said, on the prednisone when I was on that. Yeah. Well, well, when you're on prednisone, uh, everything's heaven. Yes, uh, I know. But you can't, you can't live on prednisone. No, I, know. Look, I don't like it personally my, a lot, no. With my own experience of eczema, I've uh, found uh, that some of the episodes can be better managed as far as giving you better sleep mm. by, by going to the pharmacist and getting an over-the-counter antihistamine. Yeah. Yeah. That that tends to quieten down the situation, at least allow mm-hmm. you to get some sleep, which is yeah. half the battle yeah. uh, with eczema. Yeah. The second thing is my uh, experience with eczema, which goes back to my youth, uh, was always helped. Now, this is my own personal experience, was always helped by using uh, pine tar, particularly as a, as a solution in the bath. Now, I'm not going to mention brand name, but your pharmacist, again, would know exactly what I'm talking about, a pine tar yeah, lotion, I know a bath solution. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a lifesaver for me as a young man when I was literally covered with eczema. It's the thing that at least for a period of time subdued uh, the itch, the inflammation and allowed uh, better sleep. So I suggest you think more about that as well. Yeah. Thirdly, thirdly, persevere with the use of evening primrose oil. And, right. and take take about six grams of it per day. Right, right. They, yes. It's it's very inexpensive. Yeah, I'm it, not. That's it, not. It doesn't matter it, as okay. long as it helps. And it comes, comes in an encapsulated form. I'm a fan of primrose oil, but again here, it's not a it's not a prednisone. It takes a little while to kick in. Yeah. Thirdly, thirdly, the herbs that are recommended uh, in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia for eczema uh, are two herbs, very safe, very well tried. Uh, One of them is a herb called Heart's Ease. Heart's Heart's Ease, botanically known as Viola Tricolor. And the second one is a herb known as Stinging Nettle. Oh, right. Botanically known as Urtica. Now, um, if you have a a pharmacist up there who has a, a dispensary, 
he could put those together in liquid form for you. If he hasn't, you'd have to come down a little bit closer to civilization and get some from down this way. But, right. but that's a start. It's a kickoff. If you start to do things for yourself, that's been my experience, you will find you'll get a result. You, you, you will not, uh, in my opinion, uh, win the battle uh, simply by accessing steroid all the time. I don't like but, them. But, but on the other hand, let me say, I'm a fan of using steroid when the condition gets to the point yeah. where it's destructive to the skin and were you going out of the mind with it? Well, you thank God for prednisone. Yeah, but, I did. Yeah, you, and but you'd, pregnant, you'd realize, and so would your managers, that you can't be on, on it indefinitely. But what I've recommended here yeah. uh, is a starting base for you to start to show some uh, initiative yourself, do a few things, which even by doing them encourages you uh, to look for those little bits of improvement, which may in themselves help resolve it. So will that sort of help with not having so many frequent flare-ups? Like yeah, lots... that's the whole idea of it. That's right. the whole the, 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 the treatment that I've been talking about here yes. is, is what's called complementary management, and that is using natural supplements based on the literature and the tradition yeah. of complementary medicine, which has always been seen not as an alternative but as com complementing the mainstream and working more at a preventative approach rather than managing the acute approach. Yeah, that's yeah, that's because it's just, you know, it's getting worse. And I sure. Just, how do you spell that? It's heart's, what was it, heart's ease? Heart's ease, H-E-A-R-T, heart's ease, E-A-S-E. To a new RFM's Health Naturally. And Dennis Stewart is, um, well, we've had lots of good topics today so indeed. far coming in, Dennis. And mm. Frank has rung in from Budgiewoy. Frank, uh, you're, you want to return to the subject of diverticulosis, yes? Yeah, that's correct, yes. Would you, what would you like to ask Dennis? Well, I'd just like to go back to a point he made about that. High and low fiber diets. Yes. Now, I've been told I'm a sufferer, as I said. I've had diabetic colitis. I've been hospitalized with it on several occasions. Mm. It only cost me my life once. Mm. I've been led to believe by dietitians that the low fiber diet. It comes into play when you have an attack. When it clears up, you go back to the high fibre. I think that's probably a, a pretty good um, interpretation of it. Now, I don't uh, live by this all the time. I probably mm. don't do enough to weave more straight by the wayside. Not the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? And I pay the penalty when I <laughs> I stray, Dennis. But uh, we all go astray at what, times. I, I've been led to believe by yeah. dietitians that yeah. when the attack is subsided, you yeah. go back to high fibre. Well, look, I think that's reasonable. I, uh, any advice that I give here with reference to a condition like that is always looked at from the preventative perspective. You always you would have heard me say frequently that any acute condition or any active condition certainly needs to be managed within the uh, domain of mainstream medicine and the advice 
of uh, medical people, particularly to deal with the acuteness of the situation. But the use of a, a preventative uh, high-fibre high diet, in my opinion, has sustained uh, the recommendation of the past as a useful device to lessen the acute episodes, not actually to treat them. So it's good. It's good contribution you've made. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Frank. And we're going to Bishop's Ridge and Kathleen. And Kathleen, your question is about shingles. Correct. Yes. Hello, Dennis. Hello, How are Kath- you today? I'm, I'm very well indeed, Kathleen. How can we help you? Um, yes, I have shingles and um, I can't get... Uh, we're losing... It's flaring up and over and over and over. I'm using calamine lotion, but I don't know what else to use. Okay, could you just go over that again for us, Kathleen? You dropped out there a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'm at Bishop's Bridge and there's yes. not much communication here. Yes. Um, I'm just using calamine lotion on them to calm them down. Okay. Um, I can't have the injection to stop them until I haven't had them for 12 months, but I keep uh, getting them over and over and over. Okay. So presently, are the, uh, uh, have you got lesions presently, and where are they? Yes, they're on the bra line, but okay. they are spreading around, yes. Okay. Uh, look, and, and this is a repeat episode of what you've previously experienced? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, look, uh, as you know, shingles is a, is a viral condition, Yes. Uh, and the recommendations that I would make would be um, to the point that you look at something that will assist your immunology in resisting the the challenge to the immune system, which is leading to this condition. You could, yes. in, in my opinion, as a medical herbalist, the thing that might have great potential for you is to use the formula that I've spoken about today called Astragalus 8. Yes. Now, yes. Uh, I've had a lot to do with astragalus 8, particularly in addressing uh, herpes simplex, which is the cold sore virus, if you like, a relative of herpes zoster, which you have, and, yes, it, has, and it has, it has uh, demonstrated great benefit in breaking into the recurrence of the condition. It's not going to do much for the acute episode, but no. if you yeah. start using it, I'd be the most surprised person, Kathleen, if you didn't see a lessening of these episodes. Uh, Astragalus 8, readily available where where you are in the towns around you from your pharmacist or or herbalist. Uh, I would see that being very useful. The area where you have the lesions, uh, uh, is it very painful at present? Oh, Oh, you've dropped out again. Never mind. The advice that I've given to you uh, is useful as far as addressing the in and out of the condition. And Dennis, yes, so all the very best with that, Kathleen. Uh, Steve has been trying to ring in from Budgiewoy. And Steve, we've got you now. Now, you've got a double barrel question and we'll need to do it fairly quickly. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, how are you, Doctor? My wife suffers from polycystic kidney disease. Mm. Okay. Now, look, with this condition, uh, she'd be under a, a specialist? Yes, she is. Um, she's on a diet change, but she's on no medication. And we find that when the cysts actually erupt and burst, she goes through a bit of pain. Yeah. Look, it's it's not a condition that uh, I, I have had a lot to do with. Um, I think the management that you're getting medically is the best that you're likely to achieve. Um, the only thing that might be useful, and you'd have to 
discuss it with your doctor and he may not know too much about it, is that the herb that I mentioned earlier, the herb that's very popularly used in Asia to address many kidney pathologies, uh, the herb Java kidney tea, might be, yep. worth, might be worthwhile running past your doctor and you might say, oh, well, you know, doctors don't know much about herbs. I'm sorry, doctors are increasingly knowledgeable with herbs and the, the, uh, the advent of the computer makes it very easy to look at a Java kidney tea from the perspective of what it might do for this particular condition. My experience in, in using it has been used uh, for treating what you might call the failing kidney, where I have seen some very, very significant stabilisation of the failing kidney as a result of using this particular herb. But outside of that, I've had not a lot of experience with it. You, you yourself, if you are fluent on the computer, can have a look at it. Uh, I will attempt um, to have a look at it myself because it's one that I'm fascinated in, uh, this particular herb. And um, I will attempt uh, in future programs to say something about it more broadly if I can find justification for saying that its activity incorporates your particular problem. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll, as a 55-year-old, I'll try and get online and use my knowledge. <laughs> and learn new skills. Yeah, new skills are always good things. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I reckon. Second question. Um, I've suffered with discoid lupus yes. acematosis yes, for 20-odd yes. years. Yes. Um, I've been on uh, Diprazone OV 5% and I've been on Plaquenil and the Plaquenil... Yes doesn't seem to be working and the doctor now wants to up another drug. He said every time he changes, the side effect is worse with each increase in drug. Mm. I just want to know, is there a natural remedy or well, something I can do? It, it would be um, too simplistic of me to say, yes, have we got something for you? This is an answer for this condition. No, look, lupus is an autoimmune condition, difficult to treat, the management you're having, for better or worse, as far as I'm aware, is the best that there is. Right. Okay. okay. So all the very best, Stephen. Thanks for your call. Look, we've just in our last minute, Dennis, you were talking about your ginger oh, juice yeah. last last week, and we've just got time for you okay, to repeat. Okay. Look, there's been a lot of interest in this. Is. A lot of interest in it. Ginger tea or ginger juice, I'll say it quickly, the great preventative against colds and flus. Fresh ginger, juice it, take two to three teaspoonfuls of the juice of ginger, put it into a tumbler, pour on boiling water and mix it with the juice, then put in, say, a tablespoonful of pure honey and turn it into a syrup. If you sip that ginger tea across the day, it has a useful effect in lessening the onset of the infection and lessening the symptoms. Simple tea. Some people like to put a pinch of, uh, of chilli in with it, but on its own, just ginger tea, as we've said, great preparation, great interest in it, Jane. Thank you, Dennis okay. Stewart. Another great program and health naturally. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>